0: Welcome to the Good is Cool podcast. My name is Macy McNeely. And I am Loy Day. Life is a series of sales. Many people try to take on the game of life without refining their communication and sales skills. These skills are vital in order to be a leader in the marketplace and in your home. The Good is Cool podcast will help you grow your confidence, communication, And culture through effective techniques. Let's get started. There was a podcast I was listening to, I would say like six months ago, maybe last year. And I believe it was Lewis House interviewing a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I listen to so many, it's hard to remember what I listen to and what I'm getting all this from. But I just remember a guy interviewing a girl and the girl was the psychiatrist and the guy asked her, he said, Hey, what is the number one thing that people struggle with? You know, over the years who you've helped. I mean, I think she is like a celebrity psychiatrist, worked with really, really big names. And, uh, so he asked her this, he said, Hey, what is the one thing, the one thing that people struggle with? And without hesitation, she said, people feeling like they're not enough. That's the number one thing that people struggle with. And I thought, man, that is so true. To me, that's just self-belief. Like people struggle with believing in themselves. But sometimes belief in yourself is sparked by the idea of someone else believing in you. And I think that it is the coolest thing you can find an opportunity or a way to genuinely kind of point out something that you believe in somehow, some way that you believe in somebody. And I want to give a couple of examples here. The first example is of my dad. My dad's name is Loy. And if you're new around here, he is just the best. He helps me with a lot of content. He is the co-founder with me of Clearly Confident Co., which is our sales training. And he has uh, been developing the sales training for 30 years. And he also has a thriving insurance agency that he started about 30 years ago. He grew up with not a whole lot in terms of resources. But more importantly, in my opinion, uh, he grew up with not a whole lot of encouragement. He didn't really have people believing in him. His parents and siblings, they actually encouraged him to not do things, to not take a risk, to kind of just stay put. He was a, a PE coach at a middle school. And they just were like, oh my gosh, don't leave. Don't leave. I know that you want to do this, but it's not safe. Uh, they didn't really have, um, they really weren't in his corner in terms of him kind of growing and becoming whoever he wanted to be. So he came out of college and he was a coach, like I said, a PE coach, but also coached baseball and he was a teacher. He considers that season of his life kind of being, quote, in the gutter. That's how he refers to it a lot. Like, man, that's when I was in the gutter. He was really unsure of himself and he wanted to take a risk. He sat in that job and he knew, hey, this isn't it. I don't know what is it, but I know this is not it. He wanted to do more, but I mean, he really had zero self-belief. He will say a few things happened to him uh, in terms of kind of turning things around. Uh, knowing Jesus, coming to know Jesus, that was probably the number one thing that helped him turn around. He also says that marrying my mom was a game changer for him, but he also loves to point out this one thing incident that happened in his life. And it was a very prevalent incident. And it probably took about five minutes to be a huge incident in his life. It sparked a belief in him like no other. So he married my mom and she comes from a successful family, a couple of business owners that were pretty successful. Uh, They had a lot of resources for sure. And throughout their generations, they had people in real estate and owning different blind businesses, just all different kinds of things. Now, they weren't very relationally close with her family. In fact, once my mom married my dad, she really kind of clung to my dad and they did their own thing, really. And so after he got married, uh, he became that middle school coach and he coached baseball, like I said. And one day he came home from work and he was a sweaty dirty mess. Okay. He had been coaching all day long outside in this Georgia heat. And he walked into their house absolutely shocked because he saw my mom's grandfather sitting on the couch with her. Now he was so surprised because he had never seen him in their house ever before. And after this incident, he will never see him there again. This was the only time he has encountered her grandfather at his house. You can imagine Loy was humiliated. I mean, truly, he was humiliated because her grandfather was an incredibly successful businessman in real estate he was dressed in a really nice suit. He has had his hair slick back. He smelled really nice. And he kind of held his, held his shoulders back and he had a beautiful briefcase. And he just kind of looked at Loy up and down. And Loy was just humiliated. He was embarrassed. He wanted his wife's grandfather to be proud of him. He took one look at my dad and he said one thing to him. He said, son, you need to go get proper sales training and you need to go get your real estate license. Now, here's the thing. Taking sales training is not what he heard and real estate isn't what he heard. He heard that somebody else saw something in him. No one else in his entire life had ever placed a little tiny seed of like, hey, this is what you could Possibly be. And that one encounter, that one sentence sparked a belief in him. The sight of someone else believing in him changed his life. Now, the craziest part of this to me is that it took my dad, it took Loy, five years to act upon those things. And over those five years, almost daily, he thought about the fact that his wife's grandfather told him those two things, sales training, real estate, sales training, and real estate. He saw something in me. And finally, after five years, he did both of those things. So he got a real estate license and he got sales training. Now, real estate did not work out. He didn't love it. He, like I said earlier, has an insurance agency that he's built from the ground up. But sales training, ooh, man, that did work out. Sales training changed his life so much that he really has spent the last 30 years of his career studying it. He's been creating his own sales training and teaching it to his staff every single year, which is now clearly confident. The most important part of this is that a man saw something in Loy, and he said something about it. He placed a seed in him that sparked a belief in him. Another story, I can't tell you how many times I've sat in my hairdresser's chair. His name is Daniel Mason Jones, and I have been going to him since I think I was about 12 years old. And I just love him. He's just incredibly successful at what he does. And he travels the world teaching people how to do what he does. I can't tell you how many times I have sat in that chair. And you know, when you get your hair done, it takes a long time. And those hairdressers have a lot of opportunity to spark belief in people. And Daniel Mason Jones absolutely did that for me. I would sit in that chair and he would tell me, Macy, Macy, you have got to start a YouTube channel. You could talk about this and you could talk about that. I can just see you now. I can see you just blowing up on YouTube. Now, YouTube is not the route that I took, obviously, but the idea that someone like Daniel Mason Jones that is incredible at what he does and is an incredible communicator took the time to place that belief in in me. I will never forget that. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to tell me what he saw in me, but he went out of his way to do it. And here's the thing about Daniel. He did it consistently. He made sure every time he saw me that he placed some kind of belief in me. And you don't have to be super successful to put belief in somebody. In fact, my husband did this for me not too long ago. I had just spoken at uh, Kennesaw State University. And it was so cool because it was the very first time that I got to kind of promote a speaking engagement and people would come. And so people came and I got to hug people and I got to pour into them. And I just loved it. As you can imagine, after you you get home from something like that, you're just crazy on adrenaline, right? And so I was laying in bed and I just could not sleep. I kept dreaming and thinking about ways that I could do that again, that I could promote something and that people would come and I could add value to their life. And I just thought, man, I don't need Kennesaw State University to hire me to speak. Like, I could do this on my own. I can, you know, have a venue and I could promote it and people would come and I would speak and love on people and hug on people. And that would be just as impactful. And so I kind of touched Austin on the shoulder as we were sleeping. And I was like, Austin. I was like, I want to do an event on my own. You know, do you think that I could do it? And he said, yeah, 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 I think you can. You could do it. And he turned over and went to sleep and and I went to sleep and I woke up and the minute I woke up, I started to think about that conversation and I laid in bed and I thought, okay, if I could do it, when, when would it have to be? And for multiple reasons, it would have had to have happened like in three weeks. That was my only window of opportunity. And I had all these reasons. I was like, it's just not time. There's not enough time to promote something like this. That particular weekend, it was also winter break. And I think it was Valentine's Day weekend and people were out of town. It was too close to even think about getting a venue in that amount of time. And before my feet even hit the ground, I had decided, "Eh, it's not time. I'm not ready. People won't come yet. I'm just going to wait. Maybe next year I'll do it. And I shuffled to the kitchen and I started to make my coffee. And I looked down at our relational deposit journal. It's a journal where we write to each other every morning. Just a small little note, kind of whatever is on our heart. And I looked at what he wrote and he just wrote, hey, Macy, I love you. I can't wait for your event. It's going to be awesome. And honestly, the fact that he had already decided for me that I could do it, I was capable in that moment, I honestly said, man, if he thinks I can do it, then I think I can do it. And if it wasn't for that little relational deposit entry, I would have never done the event. And so I did it. I promoted an event and I pulled it together in three weeks and it sold out in 30 minutes. And it was an amazing event and a huge success. And it was because he placed a belief in me. My friends, the most important thing you could ever ever do for someone is believe in them and there's lots of different ways that you can believe in them it doesn't have to be you know where you sit down and have a long conversation it could just be a quick little comment to a stranger and so you are able to share what you see in them because so many times we don't see what is possible for us your words matter You have no idea how you are affecting someone. And when there is any opportunity that you can genuinely believe in someone, do it. Take the chance. It could change the trajectory of their life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to connect with you on Instagram at Macy McNeely. We do personal growth Instagram lives every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 830 a.m. Eastern time. Hope to see you there.